Oh, yeah. I'm taking the puff ball off. I hate this thing. I probably am. Um, did anybody, does anybody, I don't know, kind of wish we were still back at retreat right now? I do. You want to know what I don't miss? You know what I don't miss? You know what I don't miss? I don't miss the pasta. All right. How many of you, how many of you, (laughs) we're not talking about who cheated. How many of you think we should bring back the pasta next year? <laughs> I think we should I think we should do something even crazier with it. I'm thinking maybe we do a lasagna instead and make it a mystery lasagna. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. How about this? How about this? Do I got do I got any aliens in the house right now? All right, all right. Do I got any cowboys in the house right now? <laughs> hey, hey, we may, we may just have to run it back with the same teams next year. We may have to do it. Hey, retreat was amazing. I know he's not here. But can we just give it up for Pastor Juan for such an awesome word? My brother, my brother has still been talking about you guys. Uh, as much as he ministered to you guys, uh, you, you had made a mark on him. For him to come to the, the biggest place of pain that he talked about, this city was just a place of pain. For him, for him to come and see that God is doing something in the very neighborhood that tried to take his life. Here at Belmont Assembly of God, the youth are alive and the youth are well. We right here. Say we right here. We ain't going nowhere. So he was super excited to be with you guys. He's stoked. He went back and told everybody about how it's popping in Chicago. And, you know, people are like, can we come up? I'm like, come on up. Come on up. But if you weren't at retreat, one, I'm sorry, you you missed a really good time. Two, you need to already plan to come next year. Because I'm thinking, I don't know about y'all, but I'm already thinking bigger. I'm thinking better. And I'm thinking less cold. (laughs) Amen. Less cold. Yo, shout out to the chicken sandwich that we had. You know what I'm saying? I'm still thinking about that chicken sandwich. Why was this so good? You know what it was? The anointing. It was the anointing. Turn to your neighbor and say, this changes everything. I preached this. If y'all might know, I preached it last year on my first ever night at Spring Breakaway as your youth pastor. I wanted to revisit this because I think it's a really good word and it's something for us to do and take away from what we learned at Breakaway. You know what I'm saying? Say, this changes everything. I want to tell this story, and I'm going to try to tie it in, but Pastor Ariel really wanted me to tell this story. Pastor Ariel sometimes just be passing out. She just be passing out. The other day, we were in the kitchen. She, like, whips over, like, a That's So Raven moment. You ever seen That's So Raven? She, you know what I'm saying? She just looks at me. She goes, I think I'm going to pass out. And I know now, you know, eight to nine, nine years of marriage, eight years of marriage. All right, guys, 
guys, hold on. Overshoot. Because, you know what I'm saying? At least it's better than under. So eight years of marriage. I know when she looks like she's about to pass out. Pastor Ariel's already pale, but she gets paler. It's true. It's, she almost gets translucent, and it's really bad. She'd be clear. And I'm like, ah! <laughs> she said, not translucent. Yeah. So I grab her. I'm like, okay, we got to go. Uh, we, um, we were at any Black Friday shoppers? Any Black Friday shoppers? All right. So I don't know, I don't know, but in Missouri, in Missouri, people be getting up at like 4 a.m., 5 a.m., and they go to the nearest mall, the nearest Best Buy, the nearest Toys R Us, if that's still a thing, right? They be going to the nearest Walmart, and they wait outside at 4 a.m. for the doors to open so that they could get a good deal on like TVs, Xboxes, PlayStation, toys, home appliances, I don't know, you name it, right? And then you got Cyber Monday. But Pastor Errol and I were out Black Friday shopping, and we were at the mall. We were just, like, trying to navigate because there's so many people. We get into Bath and Body Works. Any Bath and Body Works people here? Hey, don't sleep on the men's section there, fellas. Like, the men's section they, they, is pretty fire. You know, Teakwood? The teakwood cologne, you know what I'm saying? Fire. Teakwood, fire. Noir, noir, fire. All right. So we're there, and I mean, it's packed. It's like shoulder to shoulder. Like, people just be rubbing up on you. It's like, ooh, COVID, right? Like, you're like, don't touch me. And it starts to get really hot because on top of, like, the body heat, right? And it's kind of chilly, so they got the heat on them all. On top of that, you got, like, people doing this. Like, they got the the paper samples for a reason, y'all. You know what I'm saying? You're like, spray the paper, do the, and then like, throw it away. But you got girls up in there, and they're like, oh, Japanese cherry blossom? <laughs> like, why are, you spraying, why are you spraying the bottom of your foot? Right? I don't know. You're like, oh, Japanese cherry blossom. Ah. I just, I remember that scent because in high school, everybody was wearing that. You know what I'm saying? All the females at least. So, you know, I know the smell. It's, in, it's seared in my brain. So, you got the fumes and all the senses and just craziness. And so, for the first time, it was the first time it ever happened, Pastor Ariel whips, at, whips around. And we're, like, halfway through this really long line in the store. And they, like, maneuvered everything. So, it was kind of like the, the girl's cowboy, cowgirl cabin, right? You're, like, trying to navigate. And I'm like, there's no way out. Like, we in here. <laughs> like, we're about to pay for these things. She looks at me. She goes, I'm going to pass out. And I'm like, oh, my God. Everybody calm down. She got, she's, she's like pale, about to pass out. And so she like, I grab her and she goes. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, Ariel, what do I do with your body right now? Like, where do I put it? So the, the, I grab a worker. I, I hope this ties into my message. If not, it's just a fun story. But she goes, she goes, I'm like, hey, miss, she about to pass out. She passed out. And this lady goes into, like, action mode. She gets a chair, water, and a mint. I don't know what the mint was for. I don't know if she was trying to say something, like, your white breath. No, I don't know. I don't know. She said the mint has something to do to help you not pass. I don't know. But she gave us a mint. I'm like, can I get the mint? Um, so we sit Ariel down, and Ariel had all these things in her hands. And the lady's like, I'm so sorry this happened to you. You know, she's really sympathizing with us. And then she's like, okay, we're going to go ahead and just check you guys out. I'm like, damn, we just cut the line? She goes, on top of the deal that you guys are getting from Black Friday, I'm also going to give you another deal because this happened. 
I was like passing out. We passing out with things in our hands. We getting deals. This changes everything. <laughs> Say this changes everything. There it is. So we get the deal. We get out, and I'm like, babe. Can we go to Foot Locker? <laughs> I said, I said, can you go hold a pair of Jordans and pass out real quick? I want to see something. Oh, is it, can we go to Best Buy? I want to see something, right? Say this changes everything. That's awesome. I love hearing, I've been seeing on, uh, on social media, I love hearing and reading about all that God did in your life at Spring Breakaway. We have a a board out in the atrium area over here that if you went to Spring Breakaway and you have a testimony from that weekend, God healed you, you were baptized in the Holy Spirit, you were saved for the first time, things like that. I want you to go outside at the end of service and I want you to write that on this board as neatly and without error as possible because I'm going to frame it. And it is going to be a monument. And we're going to look at that thing and always remember that God can do anything. But we need to share those testimonies. So I love hearing about what God is doing in your life. That's the gospel. The gospel changes everything from the inside out. So I have no doubt that God is going to move even more, right? Because he's a God of advancing. He's going to do more in our services, more in our church. Because once we start, ain't no going back. Amen. Y'all ready for the word? Say we right here. Awesome. Let me pray for us. Lord, I love you and I love your word. I love that it's inerrant. I love that it's without mistake. And I love that it speaks to us. It's you speaking to us through your word. And so God, help us uh, be doers and hearers of your word tonight. And this is your word, not mine. And I didn't write it, so don't allow me to preach it in a way that you didn't intend it. And so we love you, God. We praise you in Jesus' name. Everyone says, I want to give you one verse real quick that's going to, Basically frame the entire night. So go ahead. I love it. I already see people taking your phones out. Get get your notes app out. Get your pen and paper. But I wanted to do the, I wanted tonight to be the last night of Growing Pains. My brother had all the fun at retreat. But this is my youth ministry. And I want, I end it when we say we end it, right? When I say it. So we got the last night of Growing Pains. I wanted to just end it with this. Everybody say Romans. Chapter 1, verse 16. Romans chapter 1, verse 16. That might be very familiar. If you guys know who Lecrae is and the whole crew, that's the 116 crew. They basically come out of this verse right here. If you got it, say, "Uh uh-huh. If you're ready, say, oh, yeah. And if you love Jesus, can I get a year? (laughs) I really hope you don't steal my AO thing down in Missouri. If I go down there and they start doing that, punching everybody in the throat. Here we go. Romans 1, 16. I'm going to read it in the amplified version, right? So if you're wondering, if you're wondering, wow, Pastor Izzy, that's not the version. You usually use the message or ESV, right? If you're wondering what I'm saying, the Bible has been translated a few times. Really what it means is just people are interpreting different Greek words differently, all right? And so people have different versions. Well, I think it says this, all right? I like the Amplified Version for this verse. It says this, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, the good news, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who what? In who? In 
Jesus. You know, it's easy for us to be unashamed of the gospel when you understand what it does for you. Right? So, like, it's easy to be unashamed of it if we know what the gospel does to us and for us. So what does it do? What does the gospel do? Well, you've been saying it. It changes everything. Say it with me one more time. It changes everything. So the title of tonight's sermon is, you guessed it, bingo, right on the head. It changes everything. So tonight we're going to look at Acts 8. So go to your Bibles. Go to your Bible app. Look up the book of Acts. A-C-T-S. That's what it sounds like. And we're going to go to chapter 8. Acts chapter 8, starting with verse 29. I'm going to give you time because we're disciples here, amen? Disciples are learners. Leaders are learners, right? I'm going to give you time. If you guys say, uh-huh. If you're ready, say, oh, yeah. Acts chapter 8, verse 29 through 31. Okay, now before we read that, I just wanted you to get there. We're going to follow a story of a man named Philip. Say, what's up, Philip? Who was unashamed of the gospel, who shared the gospel with someone in an awesome way. This is one of my favorite stories. Philip, not to be confused with the Apostle Philip, this is another Philip, right? Philip is just a regular guy, kind of like you and me. You know, we kind of just be regular. That's fine. He's a regular guy that just experienced the power of Jesus and is now being used by the Holy Spirit to point people to Jesus. Pause. So we experience Jesus, we believe in Jesus, and now all of a sudden we see Philip do what? Point people to Jesus. Point people to Jesus. Hmm, I wonder if we should pay attention to that. In Acts 8, we see something crazy happen. An angel tells Philip, what's up, Phil? To start heading south of the town he was in. Angel says, hey, go to the south side. He's like, I bet. <laughs> when he didn't know, what he didn't know was that he was going to run into the treasurer, somebody very important, the treasurer of the nation of Ethiopia, in which will end up to be an amazing story. Let's read it. Acts chapter 8, throw it up. The Holy Spirit said to Philip, hey, Go over and walk along beside the carriage. Philip ran over and heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah. Philip asked, do you understand what you are reading? Pause. Leave that verse up. This is crazy and a little weird, all right? A little crazy, a little weird. This would be like someone walking up to your car in the middle of traffic, like on Belmont, right? Knocking on the window and asking if you understand the music that you're listening to. Right? Like, I don't know. It's just Bad Bunny. I don't know. It's just, it is what it is. I heard it at the Cubs game. It's just, it is what it is. Right? This happened to me. This is, this legit happened to me. Yesterday, I totally forgot. It just came to my memory. I sometimes like to listen to country music. Hey, 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 hey. Time out. Time out. Some of the best lyricism and storytelling. And symbolism you'll find in any type of music isn't country music. Hey, good country music. I'm not talking about radio, pop, country, rock. I'm talking about good country music. So I was listening. I was listening to some country music. All right. I guess he's country. I mean, probably like one of the Godfathers. I was listening to Johnny Cash. Okay, see there. Yeah, everybody loves Johnny Cash, right? 
So I'm blaring it in my car. I've got the windows down. And I pull up to the house. I put it in park. And I just sit there. Y'all know when you, like, go somewhere, you come back, you just sit in your car sometimes? It's, like, the most peaceful time of your life. So I'm listening to this song. And I, I roll the windows up, turn the car off, we'll start walking upstairs to my house. And the mailman, uh, who's been on the same mail block, like he's been doing the same beat for 23 years. He goes, hey, brother. I'm like, what? Who's yelling at me? Because I stay ready. And he's like, you listen to country music? I say, yeah, man, I did, I did some, you know, I... Lived in Missouri for some for a long time, and I just kind of got used to some country music. They got you know, blah. So we sit talking. He's like, "I'm I'm from Louisiana." No, sorry. He said, "I'm from Mississippi," and I was like, "Only real Mississippians be saying it like that." You know what I'm saying? Like he ain't gonna give me a town. He's gonna say, "I'm from the state of Mississippi." He goes, "I love country music." I, do you know what that is? Do you understand what you're listening to? I'm like, "Yeah, it's Johnny Cash." He goes, "That's the Johnny Cash." I'm like, "Okay, I didn't know it was all like that." So in the same way that my mailman is like, hey, do you understand what you're listening to? Why, this is Johnny Cash. This ain't, just, this ain't nobody. This ain't Brad Paisley. I don't know who Brad Paisley is, but it's the same way that Philip is like, sir, this, this high-ranking high official, hey, that's me knocking on the carriage, Right? You understand what's going on? So that's what's happening. All right. So it's a little weird. Say weird. Rule number one, right? You know what I'm saying? Don't be weird. Let's keep going. Let's keep reading. The man replied, how can I unless someone instructs me? And he urged Philip to come into the carriage and sit with a pause. All right. It turns out that the treasurer was reading an old prophecy in the book of Isaiah, about a Savior giving up his life for the world. What do you say? Huh. I wonder. I wonder. So let's keep going. Verse 34, the eunuch asked him, asked Philip, tell me, was the prophet talking about himself or someone else? He's like, so I'm reading this, and I don't know what I'm reading. I know that it's a prophecy, but I don't understand something. Is the prophet Isaiah saying, like, is he the person that's going to save the world? Or is he talking about someone else? So, verse 35. So, beginning with the same scripture, Philip told him the good news about Jesus. This story ends in a really cool way. And I want you to go and, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll go through it. But I, I really want you to finish the rest of that story on your own. Can you do that for me? Because we're disciples, amen? We are. Story ends in a cool way. Through Philip's sharing of the gospel of Jesus and how it changed his life, the treasurer in this moment, after hearing Philip talk about Jesus, decided to give his life to Jesus on the spot. And they didn't just stop there. They found a little pond, and Philip baptizes the treasurer. So all my people that are getting baptized on Sunday, this is very important. And we talked about this. You're going to remember, I know you will, that once, once you believe, then you get baptized. 
but you have to believe first. So as soon as they came out of the water, this is, go read it for yourself. I'm going to give you a little bit. The Holy Spirit teleports Philip to another town. I'm not lying. I believe this. This is the word. This is not my word. I didn't write this. Literally, the Holy Spirit teleports Philip straight out of Star Trek to another town, and the treasure's life is changed forever. Pause for a second. I love reading the Bible like if it would have happened in today's age. Can you imagine he comes up to your car, and y'all are sitting there in your, you know, Honda Sonata or whatever. Like, y'all are just sitting in your car, and then, like, you share Jesus. And he's like, man, I want to believe in Jesus. You're like, bet. You're saved now. All right, cool. Let's see that water over there. Let's get baptized. All right, great. And then they go get baptized. And he's like, all right, man. He's like, all right, man, cool. You believe you're saved now. And I'm like, and he's gone. Can you imagine? <laughs> if I'm the treasure, I'm like, what was in that water, though? What was in that water, though? That's like, that's that Camp Hickory water, boy. That's that, that's, that's that Lake Williamson corn water, and I tell you what. So he teleports to another town. I want to share with you very quickly. Can I, can I do this quickly tonight? I'm going to run through this. I'm going to run through this. I want to share with you, say, three steps. Three steps of ways that you can share the gospel. So what? You experience something at retreat. It does nothing and it means nothing if you don't take it somewhere. Great. You know what? I'm, so, I'm glad. Trust me. When I look back at retreat and I look at the videos and I read the testimonies, I'm like, that's amazing. But now what? Now what? Right? Like, now what? What do we do with what God did in our lives? And I'm very proud. So this isn't a message to like, I haven't heard stories of you guys saving people yet. No, because you can't do the saving anyway. But God can. But I, I've had parents come up to me. I had one parent just straight up grab me last night. Just give me a big old hug. Ay, pastor. I'm like, I love that. My kid came home. They told me right away what God did in their life. And I can visibly see a difference in them. Remember, what did we do? We made a pinky promise that when your parents asked you how was retreat, y'all wouldn't just be like, good. It was cold. But if God did something amazing in your life, there's something to share. So you're like, okay, pastor, I haven't been in church in a while. I've actually never shared the gospel before. I've been there. I've been like, like to my youth pastors, I'm like, y'all tell me to like go tell people, but how? Right? So I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you three simple ways that you can go and start these conversations with people. Here we go. Number one, say number one. First step in sharing the gospel is this, follow God's lead. Follow God's lead. What do I mean by that? That's a good question. Let's look at verse 29. Follow God's lead. Leave that up there for a second. Go ahead, take the picture. I know y'all be just taking pictures of the screen to keep it on your notes and whatever. Follow God's lead. All right, hit the next verse. So what do I mean by that? And where do I find that step? Right, because I'm not making these steps up. You know what I'm saying? Like when I read the Bible verse by verse, I'm able to dissect and figure out what they're saying. And so obviously Philip did something that's helpful to me because he shared the gospel. So I want to know how Philip did it. I want to know because, like, that's something you and I need to be really good at. 
is sharing the gospel. And the first one is follow God's lead. So let's look at this verse. The Holy Spirit said to Philip, go over and walk along beside the carriage. Say, go over. As soon as Philip heard the Holy Spirit say, go, he went. As soon as he heard the Holy Spirit say, go, he went. I love that. Philip trusted God, dropped what he was doing, and followed God's lead. You know, like he could have had other plans or been headed in a different direction. But Philip, having experienced the life-changing power of the gospel in his own life, understood that following God's lead meant something extraordinary was about to happen. If you and I are going to share the gospel, the first step is following God's lead. That's the next slide. If you and I are going to share the gospel, the first step is what? That means being ready to stop what you're doing and go when God speaks. It's creating space in our lives for God to interrupt and redirect us. It's living with open hands and an open heart that invites God to be in the driver's seat of our lives. So, like, what does that look like? Right? What does that look like in our day-to-day? Maybe you're walking down the hall, and I don't know, you pass somebody at their locker, and you just kind of feel something inside of you, and be like, hey, man, go talk to them. I'm not the only person. When I was in high school, soon to be one of my best friends in high school, his name was Stacy, brand new to the school. He walked into class, and I was sitting on my desk trying to make beats. You know what I'm saying? Y'all know what I'm saying? Yeah, I was a beat master. I was. I was really good. And I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me. Say hi to him. I'm like, that's weird. <laughs> I don't know him. I'm trying to I'm trying to be a DJ right now. Hey, say hi to him. I just felt it. It wasn't an audible voice. It was something inside of me that said, say hi to him. So I said, weird, awkward. Number, rule number one, right? Don't be weird. I was like, hey, hey man, what's up? Hey, morning, I don't know, morning. He looks at me, Stacy, I won't forget. He goes, what's up, man? And then he just walks to his desk. I'm like, maybe it wasn't the Lord. Maybe it wasn't him. So all of a sudden, I'm at lunch, one of my favorite subjects at school. You know what I'm saying? I used to get a bagel with cream cheese and hot Cheetos, and I used to make a sandwich out of that, fire. I'd just be sitting there. And he comes up to me. He goes, hey, man. I'm like, he wants to fight. It's, my, it's his first day, and now I got to fight this guy over what? Saying good morning. So I, I, like, I legit got on my guard. I was like, what's up, man? He goes, mind if I have lunch with you? Mind if I sit with you? I'm like, yeah, man, you can come sit with me, man. Like, you like hot Cheetos? I love hot Cheetos. I was like, I right, bet. <laughs> I swear to God, I love hot Cheetos. I'm like, all right, all right. you can have them. I have the bag. Please don't kill me, right? Stacy was awesome. Stacy sits down. Hey, man, what's your name? My name is Stacy. I was like, Stacy, 
my name is Izzy. I was like, all right, man. And, uh, you know, we start talking where he's from. I'm from Vegas. He like metal music. I love metal music. So we kind of bond. And then I was like, hey, man, do you know where you're going after this? Like, do you know what, you know where you're, you know what classes you're going to? And he's like, no, I don't. So okay, can I can I see your your sheet, a paper that says your next class? I thought, oh, that's over here. I could have just let him like figure that out, but I felt something in me say, walk him to class. I was like, Lord, I already gave him my hajitos. <laughs> I felt something inside of me. Again, not an audible voice. I felt something inside of me say, Hey man, walk him to class. So I did. And we weren't talking about God. Like, I didn't just be like, so, ever heard of Jesus? I didn't do that. You know what I did? As I was walking to class, I remember to this day, I'm walking, I see a piece of trash on the floor. And so I pick up the piece of trash, and I go throw it away. That was it. He looks at me, and he goes, are you a Christian? <laughs> Facts, facts, true story. Are you a Christian? I was like, that's that's wild. Yeah, man. He's like, he's like, yeah, man. I could tell. I was like, now I'm intrigued. I'm trying to see something. What made you think I was a Christian? He goes, you're the first person to say hi to me today, and it's my first day here. You're the only person that has said hi to me. And then you let me sit with you and you share with me and now you're walking me to the class and I see you pick up a piece of paper off the ground. I said, this will got to be a Christian. I said, yeah, man, I'm a Christian. He goes, I used to go to church. No, I haven't been in a while. I just moved here. And that conversation opened up to an opportunity where Stacy and I became best friends where him and I would preach the gospel at our flagpole every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And I would see the miraculous done through him. I still pray for Stacy till today because Stacy now is a self-proclaimed pagan and I'm believing that God will reach him in a place where only he knows God can reach him. But I love Stacy. All because the Holy Spirit interrupted my day. And he said, go. And I went. I wonder if there's people in your life that God is trying to reach, but he just needs you to go. I wonder. I wonder if that kid's sitting at lunch by himself. I wonder. I wonder if there's someone in this youth ministry that God is wanting you to speak to and help. He just needs you to go. Say, follow God's lead. God could speak to you at a grocery store, during gym class, while you're at practice, right? You're on the court, you're on the field, getting ready to run the track, right? God can speak to you wherever you are, whatever you're doing. Always be ready. Always be ready to follow God's lead and and get ready for something awesome to happen. Number two, the second step in sharing the gospel with someone is this. Take a risk. Take a risk. Stacy took a risk coming to me. 
Because I could have been mean. I could have not been in a good mood. I could have been in the middle of a fire beat, right? I could have been doing something lit. Like, I could have been, I could have been a jerk to this guy. He took a risk asking to sit down with me. Took a risk. How do, how do I know that sharing the gospel can be risky? Well, let's look at it. Let's look at uh, verse 30. Throw it up. Philip ran over and heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah. Philip asked, do you understand what you are reading? Philip took a huge risk by running up to a royal carriage. Right? You can't just be going up to the president's caravan. Right? Joe, I voted. Right? We can't be doing that. Not my commander in chief. Oh, you can't just be doing that. So it's, it's a risky thing. This isn't just like rolling up to anybody. This is a very important person. That was enough, real talk, biblical times to get him killed on site. Just swords, right? But Philip understood that the good news of Jesus was worth the risk. Here's a question. Is the gospel in your mind and your heart worth the risk of your reputation? Is that in my notes? Nope. I wonder if, if in your heart and in your mind, you're like, it's not worth it. It's not worth the reputation I have on my basketball team. It's not worth the reputation I have in my class. It's not worth the reputation I have with my friends. Listen, man, like, I'm the cool guy. I'm like the clown. Like, I'm whatever. If I start being weird in the sense of, like, sharing the gospel with people, like, what would they think? I'm not really willing to take that risk, but you see Philip take a risk here, and we see God show up. We see God show up. Are you willing to take the risk? Are you willing to take the risk? Philip knew that even if there was a chance that the treasure would not choose Jesus, he would do whatever it took to tell him about Jesus. I think we're so caught up when it comes to sharing the gospel with people on the end result when God just needs you to start and God just needs you to go and God just needs you to do, right? Some of you, God has told you to talk to certain people in your life about the gospel, but you're too concerned on whether or not at the end of that conversation they'll believe. It's not up to you. Hey, listen, Philip just went, shared the gospel. The treasure could have been like, how dare thee, right? Could have just straight up dismissed him. And guess what? You know what Philip does? Okay, Lord, I did what you said to do. Now it's up to you. I want you to know something. The work in people's lives, let me just take pressure off you real quick. Let me just take pressure off you. The work that God wants to do in a person's life is God's work to do in that person's life. A lot of us will not share the gospel with people and the life-changing power that we've experienced because we think that it's up to us. It's not. It's not up to you. It's not up to you. He took a huge risk. Sharing the gospel can be risky and even a little scary sometimes. I'm not going to lie to you. The biggest thing at risk is, I already said it, it's our reputation. Right? Everyone cares what other things about them. I don't care what anybody says. Right? You always got that person, that one friend. Man, I don't care what nobody says about me. But deep down inside, they do. Like, they really do. They really do. So here are some questions, and I want to throw them up on the screen. Go ahead and throw them up. I want to throw them up on the screen because I want to make them real. Because I want you to know it's not just you that battles these thoughts. 
Do you know I battle these thoughts as a pastor? You know what I'm saying? I'm at Jewel Osco. Everything happens at Jewel Osco. I need to stop going. I need to start going to Aldi's again, right? I'm at Aldi's, right, getting all the off-brand stuff, right? God says, hey, I want you to go talk to the person. Um, what will people think of me if I stop in the middle of shopping? No, I want you to go talk to them because I, I, I want to heal them from chronic migraines. Um, are they going to think I'm crazy? Hmm, no. Okay, um, but God, you know I have one rule, right? Am I going to look weird? <laughs> Am I going to look weird? And God's like, Maybe. I'm like, well, what do you know? This is 2023. You can't just be going up to people saying Jesus loves you, right? Like, I can't even wear my Jesus loves you Excel hoodie at school without the principal trying to say something. Oh, whatever. Uh, I won't go there. I won't go there. I know some people are here. How about this? God, will they be mad? Like, I'm not trying to, like, make people mad. I'm not trying to offend anybody. I just. Man, God changed my life. Will they be mad? Or, or, this is a big one. Hey, I want you to go share what happened at Spring Breakaway this weekend to your best friend that doesn't go to church. Okay, God, but what if I'm wrong? What if I'm wrong about all this? What if, what if I'm not ready to do this? And it's questions like this, it's questions like that, which cause us to shrink back instead of sharing the greatest news ever. Here's the next slide. Fear makes it about us and what we are afraid to do, but faith makes it about God, what he did, what he can do. Take a picture of that. Because this is a good reminder. Fear makes it about us and what we are afraid to do. Right? God, I'm afraid. I can't be sharing it. I can't. I can't read my Bible on the bus, God. That's somebody. Somebody here takes a bus to school. Maybe it's more than people. And you know, and you know, this might be a prophetic word. You know that God has been challenging you to read your Bible on a bus. On a bus. And you don't want to do it because you're afraid of what people might say. You are afraid. But fear makes this about us. And Philip in this moment realizes something. Hey, this isn't about me. I've already received the good news. I already know where I'm going. It has nothing to do with me in this moment. But faith, what gets Philip out of whatever he's doing to go down to this treasure? It wasn't fear. It was faith. So what does faith do? Faith makes it about God. What he did and what he can do. So in those moments of fear, trade it for faith. And how do you trade your fear for faith, right? You're like, I'm afraid. I need faith, right? No. You know, what, you know what's going to help? And we talked about this in the worship time. Remember what God did. Remembrance is very powerful in the Christian's faith life. Because when you can, one of my favorite Psalms says, if I were to recite all of your deeds, I would never come to the end of them. What's the Psalm writer saying? God, I remember You've been so good to me. And so what happens when you start reciting and remembering what God has done in your life, that fear begins to shrink because God begins 
to be elevated. And so when fear shrinks back and God makes himself big and known in our lives, that develops faith. Because what you're doing is relying on him. Fear makes it about us. Faith makes it about God. Faith makes it about God. Fear causes us to worry about something that even hasn't happened yet. That's what fear does. But faith, but faith gets us excited for what happens next. Take a picture of that. Fear causes us to worry about something that hasn't happened yet. Y'all be doing that. I be doing that all the time. Y'all be worrying about stuff that hadn't even happened. Y'all be losing sleep over stuff that hasn't even happened. That's me. I used to do that all the time. Just worrying for no reason. No. No, because I know, I know when God, when God helps me with faith, when God, when God is faithful to me, when I remember how much he's done for me and what he's walked me through, what it does is it gets me excited because I know that God will see this through. I know that God will see this through. So God's going to help you. Philip stepped out in faith and God used him powerfully and God wants to do the same in it to you. Last step. If I can have the keys come up, just keys. Make it personal. Say, make it personal. Oh, make it personal. The verse says this, verse 31. The man replied, how can I unless someone instructs me? And he urged Philip to come up to the carriage and sit with him. The eunuch asked Philip, the treasurer, tell me, was the prophet talking about himself or someone else? So beginning with the same scripture, Philip told him the good news. Philip took a risk that led to an invitation to sit with the treasurer and have a conversation, which leads me to my next slide. Conversation led to an opportunity to share about Jesus. That conversation led to a what? To share about Jesus. Scripture doesn't say, but it's safe to say that as Philip talked about Jesus, he shared about his life and how he was introduced to Jesus. And the treasurer's life was opened up to the love of Jesus. What am I asking you to do as your pastor? I'm not asking you to win theological debates. And that's what the world wants. Because we talked about this in Good Friday. The world only sees Jesus as a political figure. No, no, no. He's a king. He's a Lord. He's a savior of the world. And I'm not a citizen of earth. I'm a citizen of heaven. And so like, when people hear the word Jesus now, before it was mystery and curiosity, now it's hate and judgment and confusion. So how do we tell people about Jesus? Let me tell you, the gospel is offensive anyway. So let's just start there. Because the gospel says we are all sinners. Not one of us is perfect. We all have fallen short of the glory. And we are all in need of a Savior. Right? There's not one that's good here. Not one of us. That's why we need Jesus. So that's already offensive to some people. So here's what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that you need to go to your school and be like, here, listen up. Everybody's going to hell. Teleport me now. Like, right? (laughs) No. Is that a truth? Yeah, it's a truth. If you don't believe in Jesus, then when that time comes that we read about in the book of Revelation, we call it the rapture. When God comes and gets us and takes us to heaven and 
hell is a real place. But we don't want people to get saved just to escape hell. We want people to know Jesus because he loves them. And he wants to help them and change them. So how do we do that? I talked about this with Stacy a little bit. It's just a conversation. I like your shoes. I like your hoodie. I like your fitted. That's fire. Hey Amen. I, I saw you in class today. It looked like you take really good notes. Thanks. Just start a conversation. Stacy, can I sit with you? Yeah. Where are you from? Conversation. And what did that conversation lead to? God is just asking you to have a conversation. Who do you need to have a conversation with? And Pastor Juan said this, I'm going to echo it again. It's not about debating and it's not about being right. I won't. I will. I'm less concerned in a way, I want to say this with wisdom. feel like for the LGBTQ plus community, there's this hatred on both ends from religious sections and from them. And let me tell you something. I'm less concerned about who they're into and more concerned about the soul that needs saving. Fair. So I'm, they're going to be like, well, God hates gays. That's a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. And I know I'm doing one of my rules where I don't want to just throw something out and then walk away from it. But that's a biblical truth that God loves everyone and he loves them enough to send his son to die for them so that they can be changed. And so when you share the gospel at school, you're going to be hit with topics like that. What about this? And what about that? What about these things? And and I get it. Some of us are actually afraid of those conversations because we don't know what to say to them. You know what? If you don't know, you know what you can say? I don't know. You know what you do know? What God has personally done in your life. Now listen, man, I can't, I can't, I don't have the answers to some of those questions, but I'm not here to judge you. I'm not here to condemn you. I'm not here to convert you. I'm not here to change your orientation. I just want to have a conversation. And I truly believe conversations lead to opportunity. I believe, I truly believe that God softens people's hearts where we just, man, I just want to have a conversation. Well, I'm not into it. Okay. Well, then lead. Here's some things that I want to share. Go ahead, throw up this next slide. It is a personal, relational conversation to have. It's telling someone this. Take a picture of this. Things to say when you share. Because I want these things to be practical. I can't just, excuse me, tell you, go share all these things. And I'll help you again. So here's just some things you can say. 
hey, so-and-so, here's what my life looked like before Jesus. Why do you go to church so much? Hey, man, what, like after practice, where do you go after practice? Sophie had a soccer practice today, right, Soph? Sophie? Yeah, soccer practice today, right? I wonder if somebody asked you, where do you go after practice? Like, I, I go to church. Well, what's that? Funny you should say that. Let's have a conversation. Here's what my life looked like before Jesus. How about this? Here's the moment I met Jesus. Hey, hey man, I saw you went to like, I saw in your IG that you went to like something called SBA. What's that? Is that a tournament? Like, what is that? Can I get in on that? Can I get in on that tournament? You'd be like, well, no, man. It's like, it's a thing for my church. Like, it's a, it's a retreat. What's a retreat? It's kind of like where we get away and like, you know, we spend time with God. Really? Like, you do that? Yeah, man, like, like the first time I met him, it changed my life. Woohoo! That's the conversation right there. How about this? Here's what my life looks like after Jesus. So what? You met him. I meet people every day. I used to be into drugs. Now I'm not. What changed, man? You trying like you flipping on us? No, I mean I just I met someone. You met a girl? No, man. No, they can't afford me. You meet a girl, man, like, how come you how come you don't want to smoke with us no more, man? You think you're better than us? No, nah, man, that's not even it, man. Like, I love y'all, but I met someone. Well, who, man? It's gonna sound weird, sound, sound crazy, man, but I met I met someone named Jesus. What? Yeah, man, like he's changed my life. same Jesus who I have a relationship with wants a relationship with you. This is brave. Well, dang, man, it looks like you had a good time. Like, I'm glad you kind of met this person, but like, you know, that's cool. Hey, um, man, what I'm experiencing is like, it's changing me, man. Like, I feel like I can breathe again. I feel like I could sleep. I mean, I'm sleeping better, man. Like, I don't know about you. I'm sleeping better. I feel like I can think. I feel like now whenever I run into trouble, like, somebody's got my back all the time. It's always there for me. Like, I just feel like that. Like, I just, I just know. Hey, they're going to be like, well, that's crazy, man. I'm glad you found that. Hey, uh, let me holler at you then. You know, you could have that too. Nah, man, that, that stuff ain't for me. I've heard it. I'm telling you, I've heard it. Nah, man, that, that stuff ain't for me, man. Like, that's cool for you, man, but like, it ain't for me, man. Like, no, no, it is. Because if God could do it for me, man, like, I'm in the same room smoking with you. God can do it for me. He could do it for you. What are you doing next Thursday? I was chilling. Hey, man, would you just be up for rolling with me then? Where? You know, it's a place that I go to on Thursdays at 7, like, they be playing games and they got a cafe. Like, they be playing music, you know, like, and you get something for free when you walk in the door, you know what I'm saying? Then that sounds interesting. Yeah, man, like, why don't you come on out? Come on out, just hang out. I want to 
want to meet, I want to introduce you to some people that like is helping me get clean and do right. All right. Now, that little scenario that I just did, I believe could happen. And I believe it can't if you don't go. And by sharing the gospel with others and what God has done in you, it can open them up to what God can do in them. Because I think back to youth pastors, youth leaders, and other regular people who didn't wait for me to get into into the doors of the church, but met me where I was. I didn't meet Stacy at church. I met him in a history class and in a lunchroom. I think of people that met me outside of these walls and told me that I had a future. That God had a plan for me. They got their hands dirty with me. They loved me through all my messiness. Because you and I are here today because someone else decided to follow God's lead. Take a risk and share personally what God did in their life with us. God is calling us to do the same. If someone, uh, can you grab a set one for me? I don't want Jesus to do it because he heard today. I know he would. Who is God asking you to have a conversation with? That's it. That's my altar call tonight. Who is God asking you to have a conversation with? I bit my tongue just now and it hurts. Who is God asking you to have a conversation with? I want you to close your eyes. Everybody. If you are a Christian in this place, meaning you follow God, which makes you a disciple of Jesus, I want you to ask God in this moment, in your heart, God, who are you calling me to have a conversation with? God is showing you right now. And it's not just you coming up with anybody. God is showing you right now. He's showing you. Maybe y'all, some of y'all are in relationships and the person that you're involved with don't come to church. I'm not calling you to be a missionary dater, but what I am saying is you found hope. I wonder if God can use you to help them find it. Hey, maybe it's a teacher. Maybe someone in this room saw their teacher crying the other day and God wanted you to go up to them and just encourage them, but you were afraid. I wonder if there's a teacher here that could use the gospel. I know all of them could. Being a teacher is hard. Being a teacher in the city is hard. Maybe you've got a loved one that needs to have a conversation. Can I say this too with your eyes still closed because I want you to see that person's face. Look at them in the face. They deserve hope. They deserve it. You don't know what they've done, Pastor Izzy. You, listen, we've all fallen short. They deserve the gospel. You don't know what they did to me. They deserve it. I'm sorry that happened. My God is a God of second chances. The same way that he forgave you, he can forgive them whether you think they deserve it or not. And I'll say this. 
it's not a big kid thing to do, and it's not a little kid thing to do. Your age has nothing to do with your ability to share the gospel. So for my jaywalkers, all the way to my mix, to my leaders, 606, who do you need to have a conversation with? So here's what we're going to do. I want you to open your eyes. Can we do this together? Because altar calls are no longer optional. Can we all stand? I want you to come down to the front. Come on, everybody. Now, if you really don't want to, I'm not going to make you. I don't want to embarrass you on the mic. But come on, let's do this together. Let's do this together. We did this at last year's Spring Breakaway. And I, I had you guys write down the names of those people that you should have a conversation with. Obviously, I don't got pen and paper right now. But you know what we do have? A prayer that's powerful. We got prayers that are powerful. If you were on a sports team, raise your hand. Like you are actually on a team right now. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. I've said this to Zay and Joey, but your teammates need Jesus. So we're going to pray for those of you that are on sports teams right now. So keep your hand raised. If you're on a team, keep your hand raised. I feel this. I feel this. There's something about being on a team, that camaraderie, that gives you more opportunities than others. You know, you're in the locker room. You're on the bus together. Y'all be winning together, losing together, all these things. Like, God wants to use you. Like, God wants to use Gio in an adult softball league. You know what I'm saying? It's true. So guys with guys, girls with girls. I want you to just stand by the person with their hand raised. We're not really going to, like, pray specifically over them in, in a sense of, like, just them. But some, 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 some of the guys get by Gio. We're going to pray that God helps them have conversations. We got some people. We got Sam. Is there here? Yeah. Who do I got? Right here, right here, right here, right here, right here. Love that. Yeah? Yeah, you're on a swim team. Come on. Yeah. Right here, Julian. Let me, let me get you with him. All right. Yes, cause I know. I know you're a baller too over there. Yeah. I know. I see you, bro. You're a baller. All right. So here's what we're gonna do right now. I want you to pray. I want you to pray for them. That God would help them be a light and give them opportunities to share the gospel with their teammates, with their coaches, volleyball coaches, right? Right? Jackie, are you not in volleyball? Are you still in volleyball? Yeah, you are. Did you just have a game today? Come on. Did you win? <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna pray. We're gonna pray. We're gonna pray. All right, so let's do that right now. Pray for them. Just pray for them that God will give them the wisdom and the opportunities to have conversations with coaches and other players. And those of you that are being prayed for. Be brave. Take a risk. God wants to help you. Boom. Oh, he's praying. That's okay. No, no, he's praying. He's praying. He's praying. That's good. He's, I know his eyes are closed. Come on, we're doing this together. God, whether they are starters or they're not, God, if they're on the bench or they're starters, God, I know that you want to put them in the game. It may not be a field or a court, God, but you want to put them in the game of gospel sharing, of gospel believing, of 
Jesus preaching, testimonies after testimonies being shared. You want to put them and you want to start them on that team, on your team. And so God, I pray right now that you would anoint them and you would baptize them in your Holy Spirit once more. Another infilling so that they can walk in boldness and not in fear to share the gospel with their teammates. God, we ask that you would do that. You would soften the hearts of their teammates to hear, be hearers of your word. And God, I pray for every coach, every assistant coach, anybody that is over these students in games, God, I pray that they wouldn't be exempt from this moment. That if anybody needs to hear your word, it's them, God. It's people of influence. And so, Father, soften the hearts of coaches and staff that these students interact with on the regular. You love, you love them. You love the coaches. So in Jesus' name, let it be so. In Jesus' name, everyone says. So those of you on these teams, it's going to be brave. And here's the deal. You want to know what the enemy would love to do is be like, yeah, but like you were just cussing with them the other day. So like, who are you to be sharing this? Man, I'm so glad that we don't live under that kind of condemnation. And you know what you could do? If they say, hey man, like you were just saying this or that the other day. Well, man, I got reintroduced. I don't want to be like that anymore. And man, I kind of need help. Maybe we could do this together. Bring them in on the journey. Bring them in. It's okay to cuss a little. No, I'm just playing. 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 That's crazy. That's crazy. You didn't hear your pastor. No. Hey, let me tell you something. You sound way more intellectual if you don't. You sound way more smarter if you don't. I'm way more smarter. Now I want to pray those of you who you feel like God is wanting to have a conversation with you with a family member that doesn't believe in Jesus. Is that anybody here? Raise your hand. You're like, God, there's someone in my family that doesn't believe. And you know what? I think God wants me to have a conversation. I see that. All right. We're going to pray. What's your name? Catherine. Is this your first time here? Hi, Catherine. I'm so glad you're here. Uh Who is it that you're praying for tonight? Your cousin? What's your cousin's name? Jessica? She live around here? Okay, that's all right. Where she live at? Where she stand? Okay. You know, if you really liked it tonight, why don't you bring your cousin next week? Tell her, you know what? Hey, an entire youth ministry prayed for you. Hey, legit, Jessica, right? What's your name? Jessica. Like, it was my first time there. And the pastor with the mustache was like, he's, he's just saying conversations. Like, they prayed for me, and then they prayed for you. And like, they don't even know us. But we love you. We do. So, Catherine. So, can I get some of my leaders, some of my female leaders around Catherine? And then who else had their hand up? Yeah. Boom, boom, right there. Some of my guys. 
So we're going to do this because we're going to take time to pray because this is where power is, right? So, Catherine, we're just, we, we believe that God hears our prayers, right? And I, I, I know you, you kind of have a background in this, right? Yeah, okay. So we're just going to pray for you. We're going to pray directly to him because we believe that God hears our prayers. All right? So go ahead. Go ahead and start praying. And those of you with your hand up, call out their name. God, I pray for Stacy right now. I know we were not family, but Lord, in you we are. And I just pray, Father, that the doubts and fears and the confusion and the anger that's been in his mind, God, I pray that you would heal him and touch him in a mighty way because you love him. I pray for uncles and aunts and cousins, stepdads and stepmothers and stepbrothers and stepsisters that need you. Lord, anoint these people here to simply start a conversation, to hear your Holy Spirit speak to them. I pray, God, that they would be sensitive to your Holy Spirit and that they would allow you to speak to them, that they would follow your lead, that they would take a risk, and that they would make it personal because you, God, want to do something special in that person's life. Because you sent your son to die for Jessica. You sent your son to die for that uncle. The same freedom that we've experienced, you can do it. So God, I pray for Catherine. I pray that your Holy Spirit would come upon her. I pray that she would sense that you're with her at all times. I pray that she can walk in the freedom that is only found in following Jesus. And I pray, God, in that moment where she talks with her cousin Jessica, that your Holy Spirit would invade their space and soften her heart so that she would receive the freedom that Catherine's found in you. We believe these things, God, because you came to seek and save the lost. And those of us who are found have been given the opportunity to partner with you in chasing after the lost. Let them be found in Jesus' name. And everyone says, one more time, we're going to pray. We're a praying church, right? We are. We're going to pray one more time. I ask you guys to close your eyes, to think of someone. And I want you to pray for that someone right now. So the person that you thought of, the first person that came into your mind, when you closed your eyes and God said, who do you need to have a conversation with? I want you to start praying for him right now. Go ahead. Go ahead. I thought of Stacy. I thought of Mikey from South Elgin. Come on, call out to God on their behalf. What if this prayer was the one that worked? Huh? What if this prayer right now is the one that moves God's heart and perfectly positions you? In the name of Jesus, God, I pray. God, I pray for Ariel's three friends that are on vacation right now. God, I know that they're in Italy vacationing, and I know that they've experienced your presence before. So I pray for Marisa. I pray for Lauren. I pray that you would speak to them, God, and help them. 
I believe you can do it, God. I believe you can do it. Come on, say their name out loud. Say their name out loud. God, I pray for Sergeant Delatore. I pray for my squad leader at the 178 Infantry Battalion. God, I know that he's far from you. I know that he wants nothing to do with you. I know that he wants to serve everything but you. But I know, God, that you positioned me in that unit for a reason. And I believe, God, through the small conversations that I have with Sergeant or Corporal Delatore, I believe that that conversation is going to lead to an opportunity. And so, God, wherever Corporal Delatore is at right now, I pray even now in this moment that you would speak to his heart. I know you can do it, God. I know he's not too far gone, despite what he thinks. I know you can help him. I know you've already saved him. I know he just needs to come to the belief of that. In Jesus' name. And everyone says, and everyone says, hey, hey, what does amen mean? I agree. God, I know what, I know you want to do this. And so, I agree. I agree. I believe with all my heart. Listen, I, I, I got no reason to lie to you. I believe with all my heart that the prayers prayed tonight are already making an impact on the people that you prayed for. I do. I believe God hears us from heaven. I believe the prayers of the righteous are powerful and effective. That's us. Now, if you're here, and we'll end with this, if you're here and you're like, Pastor Izzy, I am not a Christian. Meaning, the relationship we've been talking about, I don't have that. What I'm not saying is you are a Christian and you've been sinning a lot and so you feel bad and now you want to get saved again. That's not what I'm saying. And there's a time for that. And if you want prayer for the things you're dealing with, find one of our leaders. But this moment is if you say, Pastor, I don't have an active relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm not a disciple. I'm not a follower of him. I don't live my life according to what Jesus says in the Bible. And thus, because I don't believe really, then ultimately what I would say to you tonight is you're not saved. And we talked about it earlier. We need a Savior. So if you're here and you're saying, Pastor, I don't follow Jesus. I've never made that decision before. Again, what I'm not saying is I'm sinning a lot and I'm struggling and I feel like I need to get resaved. That's not a thing. You just need to repent and turn. What I am saying is if you've never actually made that decision to follow Jesus, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to pray. We're going to dismiss. Do you have something? Oh, okay. This is my wife, everyone. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stand right over there. I'm going to stand right over there. If you want to start a relationship with Jesus tonight, you want to know what that means, come find me. I can't make you do that. Oh, if I could. If I could, I would. That's how much I love you. But the work that God did at retreat was never meant to stay there. It was never, and I'll say this, it was never meant to come back here. Listen, 
a lot of people get it twisted when they go to camps or retreats. They're going to be like, let's go back to our youth ministry and be on fire. Like, no. No. You want to know what that power was, the things that you witnessed at retreat were for? It's not for Excel Youth. It's for Lakeview High School. It's for Simons. It's for Taft. It's for Foreman. It's all the schools in their neighborhood and some. Some of Mary Lyon. It's for all the schools in our neighborhood and beyond. It's for every school in this city. So it's not, it's not just to build our youth ministries to build the kingdom. So let me pray for you. Lord, thank you for tonight. Thank you that the work that you started at Spring Breakaway didn't stop when we hopped on the bus. It didn't stop when we decided to come to service tonight. Lord, it began. Your work started when we left. The real work, the work of your kingdom, the work of sharing the gospel. So I pray, Father, that you would give these students and leaders boldness, help them be brave, help them follow your lead. Help them take risks. Help them make it personal to the people that they have these conversations with. And I pray, God, that those conversations will lead to opportunity, the opportunity of a lifetime, and that is to spend eternity with you forever in heaven. We love you, God. And we want to see this room and this youth ministry explode, not for the building of my career, not for the building of this room, but for the building of the church and your kingdom. I pray, God, that you would use this youth ministry to depopulate hell and populate heaven, Lord, because there's plenty of room for everyone. We love you, God, and we praise you, and we give you nothing less but all of our hearts. And everyone in Excel says, and everyone says, amen. Give the Lord a hand clap right now.